This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 you. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Owandi. We are the number one podcast in the Bay Area, soon to be global, soon to be international. Uh, today, I have a guest with me. Always wanted to learn about like the tech world, the ins and outs. And we finally have someone who's in that field. So we're going to talk to him about what really goes on behind the scenes, the drugs, like the prostitutes they be buying and shit. And is it really like uh, that one movie, The Wolf of Wall Street? He goes by the name of Son. Yes, sir. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. It's good, man. You got to speak into the mic. You got to speak loud enough. How loud do you need me to speak? Is this good for you right All here? Right, anyway, uh, so uh, welcome to the podcast. And what is your, what's your job? What do you do? So I work at a fintech company and I specifically run the sales development team. So basically for people who ain't in tech, what a sales development team does is essentially goes and gets leads that basically have the right DNA for your company and then we essentially feed the sales rep to go and close deals. That's the name of the game, baby. <laughs> so the top of the funnel. What's the name of the company? The company I work at is called Marketa. And what do they do? So specifically what we do is we help other companies facilitate um, cards, specifically like debit, prepaid, credit cards and essentially those cards are used for things like on-demand delivery services where drivers go and pick up people's groceries or if you ever use an app like Venmo or Cash App, the cards in that powered by companies like a Marketa. So I still don't understand what the fuck you just said. So explain it in like dumb terms. So basically, you got a debit card in your in your wallet? Yeah. So there's a lot that goes behind that, right? When you swipe that card at a point of sale, what a point of sale is, is that terminal, right? It's not just like, oh, you swipe that card and that's that, right? There's like things happening in the background of that. So there's networks, right? So if you look at any any card you got in your wallet right now, it's going to be printed with Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover. So those are called networks, right? Uh-huh. And then there are banks involved too. You might think of banks as like Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, those huge type of banks, but there are a lot of just smaller banks the reason why those are like players within the system is essentially there needs to be a pool of money where it's essentially getting pulled out of, right? To make transactions happen. 
That's why the bank is involved. And then a company like Marketa, right? That's called FinTech right there for you. That's the technology stack. Where essentially we, we, we put APIs and, and web hooks, which again, might be a little technical, but essentially that's the tech stack that allows all this stuff to happen. So the push, pushing of payments. So FinTech is the, the technology that's used when the card is swiped to get to actually take the money out of the I mean that's what Marketa does right but like there's other types of fintech companies there's companies that So do fintech So fintech is just a process the name is Fintech is just a, a mix it's literally those two words right like financial right so there's finances there's old school finance companies right like a Wells Fargo and then you got to think about technology companies we live in the bay area there's a bunch of tech companies Right now, there's this whole new breed of like fintech companies where essentially it's morphing kind of the financial aspects of what we're already accustomed to with technology trying to disrupt things, change it up, make it faster, streamline the process, focusing on underbanked, right? So, like, if you think about it, there's a lot of situations, whether it's out of this country or people coming into this country where they can't get. Uh, a, a Chase bank account because you have to have certain certain criteria to get that right. Yeah. So again, there's there's companies like Square, for instance, like focusing on how do we give access to those people that that wouldn't have it otherwise. And there's a big ass market for this too, right? That's why there's like all these digital banks coming out. I don't know if you've ever heard of Chime, but that's like a big ass one. No. We'll get to it, bro. You got you got to step in knowledge up. <laughs> So, what, 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 I mean, what would be one of the reasons why someone can't get an account at Chase? Um, again, do so when you come to this country, there's just certain criteria you're going to have to have to, to get an account at Chase. Like, you're going to have this, have a certain, like, I don't know, credit score, things of that nature. I don't know specifically the ins and outs of, of what you need, but um, I just know certain people have issues of getting an actual U.S. bank account when they move out to the States. All right, so what, uh, were you always into, was this like your, what you went to school for? Nah, man, I mean, I, I just, I got, I got a, I went to UCSD, right? I kind of just went to school, nonchalanting it. What years a, were you at US, UCSD? I went, I only went two years because I went to junior college first. So I went um, from 2012 to 2014. Oh, yeah, That's I was, when I graduated. I was gone after that. Yeah. I was at SDSU. Yeah, I know. We, we've had this conversation. Uh, you an old buck. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you go to school for? I went to school for communication. And it was honestly, bro, like on, on, I, I just did it because it was like the easiest, like, it was the easiest a avenue. I wasn't going to do some science or biology, something something that was going to take too much brain work. Yeah, what's, anything specific? Like, what specific communications? Nah, man. It was just as general just communication. Yeah, it was communication. And you only went for two years? Yeah, so you, I mean, because you, you got, you got I, a I went BA? to junior college, yeah. What junior college did you go to? Pierce College. And that's in uh, Los Angeles. So you're originally from... Los Angeles? I mean, I lived there for the majority of my life, so yeah, I guess. So where were you born? Iran. And when did you come to the States? 97, 98. 
And how old were you when you came to the States? Six. And so your family just got up and left? Or what, what, was it a process or what? Uh, yeah, it was low-key a process. We uh, moved from um, Iran first to Canada. We lived there for like two years. Then we moved to Germany because my mom's whole like side of the family lives over there. Was there anything? Was there anything going on in Iran that made you leave? Was it like a war and shit? Um, uh, not a war, but like I think my dad and more. I shouldn't say just my dad. My dad and my mom both had the foresight of like they 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 actually had it. My specifically my dad. He he was about to. I mean he was essentially retired out there, but. Again, like he knew, like for me and my two older brothers, like there wasn't going to be much of an opportunity versus coming to Canada or America, right? America, even better. The thing, he was kind of right. See all the shit that's going on over there. So, you you still have family there? Uh, my dad's side of the family's still <clears throat> over there. But I don't, I don't really know, know them like that. You so. got dual citizenship? Uh, I don't because, so again, like, because I was born in Iran and I didn't go, uh, into the army, I think they, uh, revoked that from me. So if I go back, I would either have to pay some money or, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly how that works. But you're allowed to go back? Uh, I'm not going back anytime soon. But are you allowed to? I don't know. Have your parents ever went back? Um, I, I think my dad's planning on going back soon. Where's your but dad at now? He's in L.A. Your mom too? Uh, not, oh yeah, she's in L.A., but I don't think she's gonna go back. They're both still married. Yep. All right. So when you you went from Iran to Canada, where in Canada? Calgary. And what was that like? Was it like a culture shock? I mean, bro, I was young as shit. That was before I was uh, six. So I mean, I I remember it vaguely, but. It wasn't a culture shock because I was just a, a small kid. I didn't even know what was really going on. I was just going with the flow. Maybe it was more of a culture shock for my brothers. Definitely for my oldest brother because he's eight years older than me. Did you notice when you went to Canada that your mom, when she was in Iran, did she have to wear that all that shit? Uh, only, only her eyes? Nah, it's, it's not that crazy. You just got to wear... Uh, Kind of a scarf over your head. Did she continue to do that when she came to Canada? Uh, no. Or did she throw on some like Levi's and shit? Um, I don't know if it was Levi's per se, but yeah, she put on what you know my mom puts on. Did she her start dressing? <laughs> did she start dressing more like promiscuous? Uh, not promiscuous. It's just not in the culture. Like, it's, yeah, it's not in the Middle Eastern culture. You got to think about it, man. My parents moved out here when they're like forty. Like, they're already embedded in what Nigga they kind of know. Nigga, forty is still young. I mean, it is what it is. But when you move with three kids, I don't think you you, you worried about being promiscuous. <laughs> so you got two brothers. Yeah. And they're both older. Yeah. All right. So how long were you guys in Canada? Um, we were only there for like two years. What, was your da- what does your dad do? Over there? Nope. My, da- my dad is a, is a man of all types of traits, so it, it depends where, where we're talking about. So when about. he came to Canada, what was he doing? Um, he was doing something specifically in like computer science. I don't know what exactly, but he was working with computers. So he has, a, he has a higher education? Yeah. What about your mom's? Mom. Yeah, and my mom's. That's why I had to go to school. That shit was no, no play with me. What does your mom do? Uh, in Iran? What was she doing in Canada? 
she was being a, a house mom, man, taking care of the kids. Feeling cold in cat in Canada. You gotta make sure a little one doesn't fall through the snow and shit. So you guys went to Canada and then fell into like you had you had housing, you had a job and shit, all that shit already lined up. Yeah, I mean, my, my dad was working out there. He had a he, he had, had a job a, as soon as he came to Canada. Yeah. Uh. He had a plan, man. I mean, he wasn't gonna just move without having some. So you guys Foresight. were in Canada for two years, and then you went to L.A.? Nah, so we went to Canada, and then we went to Germany. So I told you, my, my whole mom's side of the family is in Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went there for like six months. We left my oldest brother in Germany, and then went back to Iran for another like six months. And the whole reason we left my oldest brother in Germany was because of that whole army stuff I was telling you about. When you're like 16, 17, they hold you in, in Iran. You got to go to the army, you got to pay. Everyone has to go to the army? Everybody. Or you got to pay. It's one or the other. Yeah. That's why I'm in a predicament of it's like, I one, don't know. One uh, flat little payment? or you uh, Yeah, I think it's one little fa- flat payment. So like, again, my dad's went into the army um, or Iran's army. I don't know what it's exactly called. Uh, so did one of my uncles. But I know one of my uncles paid, paid his way out. How much is the payment? I don't know, but something like... I mean, dude, this is a straight guess, but I think it's like something like 5K. Okay. Nothing like, like crazy. It's not like $100,000 or something. something and none crazy. of them wanted to go in the army? Um, it's, bro, again, it's just like one of those things. Like, it, 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 if you grow up somewhere and everyone goes and that's just the thing, you don't really think about like, yeah, maybe you don't want to go or whatever, but you're just like, all right, it is what it is here. This is, you know, uh-huh. the law of the land. Not gonna question it too much. At least that's what I took away from the people that went. So what was it like living in Germany? Again, man, I was super young and it was only for like six months, so there wasn't too much recollection of like living there. Um going back to Iran was kinda interesting though because my parents tried to send me to school and I fucking ran out of the ran out of the class. Because I was uh, like culture shock to your point. Like I, I, I literally like even though I was super young, you like teased. Nah, it wasn't anything like that. It's just like in Canada, like the teachers are super nice and and welcoming. And like in Iran, the culture is like the teachers are actually allowed to hit you. So I like <laughs> yeah. I fucking freaked out. Like bro, I'm I'm not ready for this. Like I don't, don't want to get Did smacked the teacher by teachers. Nah, I ran out of the class before even class started the first day. I didn't go to school. I cut it. And my parents let me get away with it because, you know, they knew we were going to move. So I essentially got to stay home and play like Sega Genesis for six months. It was the best deal you could get as a five-year-old kid. But then again, man, you know, I'm a hustler. And I say. So basically, you couldn't hang in the Iran school because it was too tough for you. Yeah, if if you want to frame it that way, I just saw it as, uh, you know, I I was at a young age working my sales skills. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, the second stint in Iran, you was there for six months. And then you guys decided to go from where? To, to the States? Yeah, we moved to L.A. And how was that, uh, how was that process? Was it easy? I'm assuming, um, I'm assuming I mean, it was easy, it's easier 
back it was easier back then than it is now i mean again man so you got to think about it these things aren't just like random right like my, my dad's best friend lived in la and he um he's in the car wash business so he has a few car washes and my you know my dad's best friend told him like hey move move out here for a little bit while you're trying to figure out this stuff because my, we, we were thinking we we're gonna move back to canada or my parents were at least so they were trying to get our green cards in canada and my dad's best friend essentially helped him apply here as well so we were living here with them for a little bit my dad started working at one of his car washes literally like doing car washes too like washing cars and stuff so you got to think about that that was kind of a probably a, a culture shock for my dad you going from like being this educated person could have retired in iran had this you know computer job in canada and now you washing cars um but did he feel some type of way? Nah, man. Or was he was just like, fucking, I'm in America, I'm happy? I think it was just, yeah, that. Like, you know, I came here for a reason. I got three kids. I want to create the best life for them. And he, I mean, at the end of the day, he created some stuff out of the car wash stuff. Now he owns a piece of a car wash and, you know, stuck to the craft. What uh, part of L.A. were you guys living in? Uh, San Fernando Valley. Okay. Is that considered LA or is that the valley? I mean, it, when you're there, we, we, we say we're from the valley, but like once you go outside of LA, I don't think you know everyone understands that. So I say I'm from LA. So you were in LA at the age of what, eight? Six. So, so, so from six to adulthood, you were in LA? Yeah, until I moved to uh, San Diego to go to school. So what was uh, growing up in L.A. like for you? And your I mean, that shit was cool, man. Like, I think that shit, like, looking back at it now, um, it, it was, like, very interesting because I think when we first moved there, um, you know, it was just like, all right, this is another new place. I thought it was just another stop on the ride but once we kind of like settled in and stuff um so you were so used to moving you thought you weren't gonna yeah I, th I just thought it was like a thing we were just doing but um once we really like i kind of like noticed like, oh no we're staying here um, did you resent your parents because you had to pick up and move all the time not me because i was like super young when it happened it was actually kind of fun for me but, your brothers did um, not not my middle brother. He was super young too, so it didn't really bother him as much. My my oldest brother, kind of, yeah, it, it messed with him a little bit, especially because we left him right. Like we left him in in Germany, and you know, at like fourteen, like damn, my parents left me. They don't love me. Like what the fuck? Um, left him where? Like they left him with someone? I do. My whole mom's side of the family lives uh, in Germany. So so yeah, he was he was there with them. Um. And then he didn't want to move to L.A., right? Because then he got all situated there, got mm. some new friends there, started playing soccer and stuff. Mm. And then my parents forced him to move to L.A. So, yeah. So he, you guys flew to Germany, picked him up, and then... No, no, no. We just, you know, we, we, you know, got him a ticket. He flew to L.A. We didn't go pick him up. We just had my mom's relatives send him. Okay. What, uh, what high school did you go to? I went to Granada Hills Charter High School. Uh, did all your brothers go to the same high school? Yeah. So they were already graduating when you started? 
yeah, I never, I never was in high school at the same time. What school? What school did uh, did they go to college? Uh, both of them went to UCLA, and then one of them went and got like his MBA and stuff from uh, USC. Uh. So when you were in, uh, when you graduated high school, was uh, U- UCSD the only one that accepted you, or that's just the one you chose? No, nah, I was actually gonna go to UCSB. I literally got like a room and everything. I like a last minute. Santa Barbara? Yeah. And what happened? Uh, so, I, I mean, yeah, I accepted to Santa Barbara and basically, because I didn't get into San Diego. Like, you, you got to, that year, you had to have a fairly high that's GPA. A, that's, a, that's a medical, like, that's like the top medical school, right? Um, I mean, they're, they're pretty big in yeah, bio, biotech and then. Yeah, stuff in like that the medical field as well as well as engineering, like electrical engineering, all these different types of engineering. Uh, um, what was your question though? Santa Barbara. How come you didn't go to Santa Barbara? Yeah, so basically, I accepted Santa Barbara, got um, a room and everything. And then last minute, because I, I wrote a letter to, to San Diego because I didn't get into San Diego. Um, I got put on the waiting list. Because you had to have like... San Diego State? UCSD. Oh. Um, you had to have like a 3.5 and I had like a 3.4. Mm-hmm. And so I had to write a letter. And then like probably a week before school started, they accepted me. And then, yeah, I just decided to go to San Diego. One of my, one of my high school like teammates on my uh, basketball team was already going there. That was the other thing, They were thing playing too. for him? Huh? He was playing for him? For UCSD? Yeah. No, nah, he was just going to school there. Yeah. Just being a nerd and shit. Trying to do better. <laughs> <laughs> do you regret it? Not going to Santa Barbara? Hell no, nah, bro. I love San Diego, man. That shit, that shit has my heart. San Diego's fucking... I loved it too when I was first moved there. Then after a while, that shit gets boring as fuck. I mean, yeah, bro. I lived there for two years. It did, it did its justice. It gave me enough time to be out of L.A. and realize that, you know. Where in San to, Diego were you living? Were you living on campus? Uh, nah, I was living in a PB, Pacific Beach. Oh, yeah. Party, little party. Uh, What's your favorite bar on PB? Um, so, dude, we used to go to this thing called PB Bar and Grill on Thursdays. It was Asian night. And so UCSD, man, it's a lot of Asian people there. Is that the bar with all the, uh, where you can, um, I think it's a bar in San Diego where you fucking, you just eat peanuts and then you throw the shells on the ground? Nah, nah, nah. I know what bar you're talking about, but that's not the bar. Okay. All right. I used to be in PB too. Yeah, PB is lit. That shit was kind of, it reminds me of the mission. A little bit, cause you know there's like bars everywhere. And shit. I would say it's more like Polk Street. I mean, yeah, uh, like Polk Street. Guy, Polk Street is cleaner than uh the than PB. Than PB. Oh nah, man. PB is nah, like a man. Dirty, you got it. You got it backwards. Like Polk dirty. Street is a dirty one. PB is way way cleaner than that. Polk Street is where you you might. Get I'm talking your, about your phone I'm snacks talking about your San Diego standards, man. As far as San Diego standards, PB is dirty. It's like the... Well, that's my version of it. 
What beaches did you used to go to? I didn't really go to that. That was the crazy part. I never really went to the beach while I was going to school there. That shit was crazy. So I heard every time I uh, invite a guest on the show, I do a little research. And I heard... I heard you lost your, uh, you went to Sunset Cliffs and lost your virginity. Sunset Cliffs? Yeah. What the in fuck San is that? Diego. The Sunset Cliffs in San Diego? And lost your virginity in the car there. Sure. Your, in your, uh, like, second year there at San Diego. Is that true? Nah. That's not true? Nah. My source is Sunset, Sunset Cliffs, though. You don't I like know what the Sunset Cliffs is? You never been there? I... I th- is it in La Jolla? No, it's like right. You know where SeaWorld is, right? I do. That yeah, that's it's like a- it's like in that area. It's like the cliffs where everyone like parks their car, and then you can like go down, and then there's like a beach down there. Nah, I forgot the name of the beach, but it's over there where like Mission Mission Valley and shit is. It's it's by the beach where all the black people go, because you know how San Diego they have uh, La Jolla Beach where all the rich people are. They have Coronado Beach, where all the, like the military and shit. They have Mission, I think it's Mission Beach, and that's like the only beach. It's the beach with the basketball courts, and that's where all the black people go. You didn't get out much then, I feel. Nah, man, I, I was studying, trying to get out of school, bro. <clears throat> Did you ever go to TJ? Nah, I didn't. There was only one time where I was about to go, and then I you was in San Diego for two years. You never went to TJ? Nah, man. Wow. I, I, one of my roommates gave me a bad story because he was that's trying like, to go to a Nike store. That's like the only reason I moved to San Diego. Was to go to TJ? No, because when I visited my, <laughs> <laughs> I visited my cousin. I was in the, uh, he was in the military, and then we all went to TJ. And it was crazy to me because you can just literally drive and park your car on the last exit in California. Yeah. And then just walk across the border, hop in a taxi, and they'll take you to all these fucking crazy-ass clubs and shit that stay open till like, 7. Bitches in there be walking around naked, high off Molly and shit, and ecstasy. That's your type of vibe right there, bro. No, that's not my vibe. I mean, it was my vibe when I was young. But I was like, yeah, this shit is crazy. So I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta move here. I'm just saying the fact that they stay up till 7 in the morning. No, that's not my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> But those clubs out there are fucking crazy. It's Mexico, so you know how crazy Mexico is. So yeah, I mean, I thought everyone, all them little young hoes, be going to TJ too, sneaking and fucking across the border. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. I just heard too many, too many just stories of people getting messed with. I mean, we did get robbed by the police out there one time. Exactly. That 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 happened to my roommate. That's why I never wanted to go. Or he, they, he didn't. It almost happened, I should say. So I was like, man, I'm cool. I, I'm I'm good off that. All right, so being from L.A., you were a Laker fan? Yeah, man. So were you crying when Kobe uh, died? Bro, yeah, that shit hurt. You were I was crying? crying for multiple days. <laughs> I you swear. were phys- actually physically crying? Physically crying, bro. Tears coming down my eyes. Why were you crying? Because Kobe meant a lot to LA people, people from LA, bro. What did he mean to you? Memories, bro. Like, you just sit in front of the TV with your fam, just watching those games, Kobe doing his thing, winning them championships, and Mamba mode all the time. So he was your favorite player growing up? 
Yeah, bro. I mean, he was one of the reasons why I definitely like stuck to basketball, and I feel basketball definitely gave me the 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 footprint I needed. The not the foot footprint, but the blueprint to like how how you got to go about your business. What do you mean by that? I mean, again, there's just certain lessons you could get from basketball, whether it's a uh, your um work ethic, learning how to wake up early and shit, determination, resilience, all that stuff you get through basketball. And that's very applicable to to just uh, working, uh, getting shit situated in life. I mean, dude, getting into tech wasn't easy. But are you good in basketball? I mean, you already know. This how this I how think, we, this you, how I we think, started talking, bro. It's like you, you saw suck. me on the court and you're like, God damn, who is this? I think you suck, but I'm asking you, do you think you're good? Bro, that's first of all not facts, but yes, I'm I'm great. You're great. I'm great. You just I play with a chip just, on my shoulder. I go about my, my my life the same way I go about basketball. Okay, bro. Well, there's what you think and then there's reality. So you think it's you're facts. great at basketball? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you play in high school? I did. I was nice too. All right. So uh, when you when you graduated, uh, what were you like in college? You just like straight up just studying, or were you like yeah, a party, bro? I mean, I, like a party thing, dude? nah, I wasn't really partying like crazy. I was in a business fraternity. I was really getting my like I was trying to hang out with my you know nerdy friends and get my whole career shit uh. on lockdown. I think... Uh, Do you still fuck with uh, the people you fucked with in college now? Yeah, a lot of them live in the Bay. That was like one of the reasons why I moved out here too, because a lot of them were in my ear. Like, yeah, you should move out here, bro, and get into tech. When did you move here? 2016. And you graduated college when? 2014. <clears throat> so what were you doing in uh, San Diego those two years? Going to school. You graduated I moved back to LA. I moved back to LA in 2014. You graduated college in 2014? Yeah. And then you moved to the Bay Area in 2016. Yeah. So those two years. I was back in LA. You were back in LA. What were you doing work wise? I was working for an industrial, like, I don't know even how to explain it, but we, like, we would sell stuff like manifolds and accumulators. Like, th- think about stuff for like. Uh, apartment buildings and like airplanes it was the most transactional sales job ever like tech sales is different because it's more strategic you got it's not just like oh i'm selling you you know this can right here like here t- buy this energy drink like tech sales is like really like sitting there and you know being creative about stuff versus my my first sales job was very transactional like you want to buy one phone, here's one phone. You want to buy two phones, here's two phones. And you're basically selling software. Now? Yeah. It's a little different, but yeah, essentially. So yeah. your sales, so you know how there are sales people who, I'm going to use an example as a gym, right? Like uh, people, like if you have a gym, people walk into the gym, so they basically already have the intention to to get membership right so you basically just got to show them around and shit 
And you sh- you can already nine times out of ten they'll get they're they they're getting the membership. So your sales is like the people are coming to you. You understand what I'm saying? And then there's the sell. Then and then there's sales like you're in the mall and you're at a kiosk and people are just walking by and you got to grab the motherfuckers and pull them in and try to make a sale. Yeah. So your type the sales that you do is more like the gym or more like the kiosk. It, it still kind of has a little bit of both because you got to think about it. What I do, my team specifically, is I go in and kind of like those mall people grab people's attention, right? But like once a salesperson, like once we pass that off to a salesperson and they start talking with a, a, a potential lead that really has a use case for our platform, which is a lot nowadays because a lot of people are getting into this market. Um, there, there's very big strategic initiatives that these companies can accomplish with a platform like like Marketa. So it's like, yeah, like to, so to that point, yeah. That I mean, there's there's a little bit of the 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 mall selling or us go grabbing those leads, but then on the back end of it, it's it gets very strategic. So you, uh, in your company, it's just not all sales, right? There's like, there's a department that does coding, and then there's a department that does all like marketing and shit, right? Like, right? You're yeah, just, you're, they're, just on, they're, you're just in the sales department. I'm in the sales department, but we have we have everything across the the sun, man. Like compliance, marketing, operations, product managers, engineers. So front end, back end, all that shit. See, so you're in tech, so you don't actually have to. If you were to get, if you were giving advice to a person who wanted to get in tech, you don't actually have to be like a fucking, I don't know, like a graphic designer, like a fucking. I think yeah, that that you can still get a job in tech without that type of background. Yeah, I think that that's the like misconception is a lot of people think like, oh, someone works in tech, they automatically are a coder or do something with like designing or, or something and it's not right like there, there's other assets to to any business then the day a tech company is a business it's like a basketball team is just like a, you know fortune 500 company these are all just businesses so you need these different functions especially as a business grows yeah maybe like earlier startup tech companies are a little bit more scrappy there's like four or five dudes doing like four or five different roles within a company. But as the company grows and they get the money and, you know, you get to kind of like where my company is at, it becomes more of a a, a full-fledged business. Is this a, a business that's been around for years or is this like a startup? Ten years. So it's basically kind of new? I mean, ten years, yeah. I mean, in... in in the scheme of things, it is relatively new, but it, it's it's a real business. It's not getting kind of functioning like a startup anymore. Did you move to the Bay Area for this job? No, I had another job at a different startup before this. I got lucky, man. I got I got lucky in how I got into tech because it is kind of hard to get your foot in the door, regardless. Like, uh, just because. At the end of the day, at the, when you've never had any tech experience, someone has to take a chance on you. 
So I got basically, lucky. you got the job because of what, who you know, not what you know. No, I, I didn't know my, the dude that interviewed me. I just rubbed him the right way. So that's like, again, just having good communication skills. So what, what was the job that you had before this? It was the same thing. I was a sales development rep. Now I manage a team of those people. But when I first were, came to, to my company here, that the one that I'm at right now, like it was the same thing. I started as a sales development rep, and then I got promoted to a manager. How did you get promoted? I did good at my job. Hit so my quota. Appeased people. You were hitting your quota every time? It's not just hitting quota. Rubbing shoulders is another part of it, right? People liking you. This is the people that are, you know, kind of higher up in the company liking you. So, what's that, the difference between? Uh, tell the people the difference between uh, the job that you started at this company to the job you have now. So there, were, there is no difference. I just manage a team of those people now, right? It's like going. I from, mean, but do you have to do the same fucking thing that you were doing before, or you I mean, just tell them what to do? That's stylistically like that depends on who the manager is. Me personally, yeah, like I'll, I'll roll up my sleeves and get dirty. I, I'm not and no. You still make calls and shit. Uh, when I feel like I need to show some people how to do the job or if I feel like, you know, someone needs a nudge, yeah, I'll, I'll get in the hot seat. But I don't, I don't do it every day. How many people you have working under you? Uh, right now, three. And who's your best seller? Uh, I think they all got their skill sets or assets. Okay, like well, they who's, all your do. Fa- who's their best to you? Who makes, I don't the, most, have who a, makes I, the most money out of the three? I mean, it, again, that's that's situational. Base is depends on what quarter, right? Like one person might do well one quarter, one person might do better a different quarter. So there's not one person that continuously does better than everyone else. Nah. So every quarter, everyone has the same quarter. Uh, nah, because I kind of switched up the function. Now I have like an inbound function and an outbound function. So it it it, it kind of. Uh, they're they're held to different metrics. That was the other reason why it was hard to answer your question. Okay. All right. So you, uh, who's above you? Um. So right. What, like, what are the steps in your company? You the step that the, you started the, off. What was the what was the job? Uh, what was the job? It's, title? it's called a sales development rep. So that's what you started the company as. Yeah. Now but, you're a sales development rep manager. Yeah, or a business development manager. Yeah, what's the next manager. Um, Senior business development manager, director. Depends. Like, again, it, it, like depending on where a company is at and how many layers they're trying to implement, right? Because as a, big, as a company gets bigger, they're going to probably implement more layers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really don't know. I don't think, like... Th- my company isn't like Google status where like they have all this stuff, all of this stuff figured out. Mm. As the bigger company gets, the more of like that stuff gets planned out. I think right now it's not even, bro, at the end of the day, a title's a title. Like that shit don't really mean much. It's like, what, what are you really doing at, at, at your titles company? mean? They don't. They actually don't. Like it, it, sometimes it doesn't even, you, you'll see directors that get paid more than VPs. It, it, it's, it really just depends on like the company, the stage of the company, who you got hired by, how you got hired. All that stuff matters. So I wouldn't get too caught up in titles is what I've realized. So you, uh, 
was about to ask you. So you're you're basically staying at this company? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm doing well. I like living in Oakland. Where's this um, company located? It's uh, here, right by the lake, Lake Mary. Oh, it's in Oakland. Yeah. I thought it was an SF for some reason. Nah, we that we we we're one of those tech companies that are out on this side. That was one of the reasons why I really wanted to originally work there too, is because it, it's an Oakland-based tech company. So when you moved to the Bay Area, you moved straight to Oakland, not yeah. San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I I personally like Oakland more than SF. It's it's my vibe. What do you like about Oakland more than San Francisco? Um, one, the weather. It's just warmer over here. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, man, like, even though I work in tech and I like it, I just feel San Francisco is like, that's like the tech mecca and it's everywhere in your face versus here, man. Like, yeah, you get a little bit of that. I can go dabble in that and work and I really appreciate it. Um, but you know, I want to do other stuff as well. See, see the other things that Oakland culture can, uh, provide. All right, so you uh, you work in tech, and let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> Your experience, everyone knows tech is like the majority of the people in tech are white, and when we when we think of tech, we think about bros, mm-hmm. like douchebags, frat boys, and shit. Have you ever experienced any racism? Um, not at work, not like at my company or the or the other one I worked at. I think it's like we even went through tra- training around this. It's just called like unconscious bias. Like people just have these unconscious biases, and like again, people are gonna want to work with people that they would want to hang out with outside of work. And so, to your point, because it's like a male dominant Caucasian, you know. That's that's the main group that's within tech. I think that's the issue that a lot of people run into. I've ran into it myself too, where I think when I first got into tech, I just didn't know how to like kind of talk that language. And so it was a little bit of a struggle for me at first. You um, never overheard like some white boy saying some racist shit or Nah, man, I don't think it's that crazy. It's not that blunt. You got to think about it. It's a, it's a fucking tech company. Like, people yeah, aren't going to say crazy stuff. You know, when white people stuff. are around white people, they talk crazy because they know they're around white people. I mean, bro, people's jobs are on the line. No one's trying to get in trouble for this. I've never seen it. Like, that, if someone, that, that would be crazy. Like, if you said, <laughs> it would be, bro, because you got to think about it. Just people you know, got a lot on the line. It's hard to believe or something? Uh. It's not that it's like hard to believe, but I think it's definitely like an outlier thing. It doesn't happen every day, bro. There's no way. Maybe like, yeah, here and there at like a a tech company that's kind of growing, maybe like an Uber or something, there's like cases of that. Certain things come up, but that's just going to get cleaned up. There's too much money involved in it. All right. So, you know, a lot of tech uh, companies, especially sales companies, they want you to like literally stay at work constantly so they'll get you food mm-hmm. they'll get you drink catering yeah. catering lunches so you won't leave the office and massages shit like we get massages at my company bro how do you feel about that like the culture of tech companies where they like try to work you to the bone i'm fine with it 
Like that's my shit. Like I, I look at my job just like an athlete looks at, like Kobe looks at basketball. If, if bro, if you're not so looking you wanna, at your you work that way, like I, I feel bad for you because it's just a job, and I'm not ever trying to work. I'm trying to be passionate about what I do and make money doing it. Would you? So this is your passion. Yeah, at this point, what's right your now, definition of passion? Something that I get excited to wake up for. And make money doing it. All right, my my definition of passion is something that you love to do so much, and you do it so good. You love to do something so much that you'll do it for free, but you do it so good that they pay you for it. I think that that. So you would do this for free? Yeah, man. I mean, I think also I could have made more money being just a salesperson. I'm really good at it. Like I'm good at being like just. uh, Your passion is just sales. That's what you're saying. It's not sales. I just, I like, I like working at, nah, it's not, it has nothing to do with sales. It's more of like working at a a startup type company and growing it to like a a real business. (coughs) So you don't care if you have to work and spend like fucking work 13, 14 hour shifts and then go home, wake up five hours later (coughs) and do another 12 hour shift. You don't care about that? Not at this point. I don't got. I don't have kids and stuff either. So yeah, but do you enjoy being off and doing personal shit? I'm doing that right now, right? So it's not like yeah, it's a balance. You 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 should have a balance with it. But sometimes you need to work 13, 14 hours. And I, look, man, I, I'm I'm in a function that I think again. There's incentives like commission checks, where yeah, it, it's either you work for that or or. Don't make that extra money. It's on you. Do you get uh do you get a, a bonus if all your team makes the quota? Yeah, it's it's something like that. I get like a spiff off each person. Does your does your uh people under you get bonuses when they make Yeah the man. They all get bonuses. So what is uh I know in tech, uh I mean, like I said, you guys work crazy hours. And I, I remember in college, like, finals and shit, people got to stay up and shit, and that's usually when drugs come involved. What's the drug culture like in tech world? I mean, I've never seen people, like, bluntly just take drugs at work and stuff. Like, if you're talking about, like, that Wolf of Wall Street, like, dudes are going to the bathroom, um, you know, handling their business, coming back, yeah. doing the whatever else, like, Ken or whatever, bro. It's, 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 I haven't seen it. No. Um, but have you heard someone do about it? Nah. We had no rumor like, oh, Tracy was in there sniffing some shit. No? Nah. Mm. I think you've been watching too much of that Netflix special shit, nah, bro. Nah, I, find that. <laughs> I, think I mean, look, bro. I'm sure, like, I'm sure, like, yeah, pe- people, like, I'm because, like, you know, people make money in tech and stuff. I'm sure people go party and turn up, might go get some Molly or whatever the fuck else, coat, right? But like, for people to come to work and do it, like, I, again, I think your mind is so. Hopefully, your mind is so focused on the work, like, you ain't got time to think about like what fucking drugs you need to be doing at work. Um, bro, I mean, it has to be because again, if most people are f- fucking worried about doing drugs, a startup ain't about to succeed. 
This ain't no like maybe in um maybe that keeps them up and gives them energy to make nah, crazy amounts of calls and shit. That's like I know for instance in uh what what like investment banking because they work crazy hours, right? Like working 20 hours a day mm-hmm. and then coming straight back to work like that's different from like maybe two or three days out of the week working 13 hours, 14 hours a day, 15 hours, fuck it. Right? You still got a solid five, four or five days where you got a regular routine, bro. It's not uh, somewhere you need to be dependent on, I don't know, doing coke in the bathroom and shit. So what's the typical day like? <clears throat> what time do you you got to go to work? What time do you start? Um, so we, co- we come in there fairly early at like 8.30 a.m. So you start at 8? Yeah. And then when you get to work, what's, what, like, give me your routine. Um, so I, I mean, it changes. It varies for me okay, because well, I'm a manager. Okay, well, give me like a typical. But like, yeah, I come in in the morning at like eight thirty. Um, have my morning meeting with my team, try to figure out what everyone's doing. Tell them what I'm getting into for the day. I probably have a few meetings set up uh, that are internal, and then few external meetings whether it's like getting on a call with my teammates or with one of the sales reps whatever the case may be um and then have a wrap-up meeting and in a nutshell that's basically my day i mean as a manager that's what you're doing you're kind of quarterbacking things trying to figure out like all right what how can i streamline processes like what tools can i get in place um what what coaching can i do with my team um at least that's hopefully what good managers do. How many managers are in uh, uh, are in your position there? Uh, I'm the only one. There's other people that technically have that title of a business of a ma- manager because we have an office in London, but they don't really function the same way as I do. They don't have a team and stuff. They just kind are of you striving to go to the next level at the company? <clears throat> um. We'll see, man. I mean, I think the thing about startups is, like, things change early and often. So, yeah, we'll we'll see where where we're at in a year from now. If Google or Facebook or, like, one of these top-notch companies call you and offer you a job, but they offer you a job at a lesser degree than what you're at now, but the fact that it's Google or Facebook, would you take the job? No, why would I do that? That makes I know, no sense. I don't know, because it's Google. That makes no <laughs> sense, bro. Because I mean, it's I've Google, already nigga, like that's why. look here. Let me let me put something in perspective for you. So I already interviewed with all these companies: Salesforce, Google. I like I chose to go to this company instead of those. My companies. ex used to work at Salesforce. Um, and it's 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 not Shout like dude. Just because Sarah they're big, com- just because they're big companies. <laughs> Just because they're big companies doesn't mean they're necessarily better. And you're not necessarily going to have the, the career But isn't it better to say, oh, I graduated from Harvard instead of uh, I graduated from Pepperdine? Um, so what about, here, let me put it to you this way. What about if you joined Facebook before it became Facebook? Is that better than joining Facebook when it is now? I mean, I think it's Facebook is Facebook. It, no, it's not. Like, bro, what are you going to talk about? It doesn't matter when you join. The fact that it's Facebook 
Let me paint this for you. First of all, no one one is going to remember Facebook from when it first started. Can I paint this for you another way? Was Kobe Bryant viewed as the same person in 1998 as he is viewed now? No, because Jordan was around in 1998. Not only that, it was because Kobe didn't get all the success, right? He didn't have it yet. He was just fucking 18. My, My point is, bro, if you can join something before... It becomes that big thing. Okay. You, you're going to be a part of that. And therefore, that is way more important than joining it once it becomes that. Right? By that point, like, bro, another term you could use is bandwagon. You're just joining something because it's hot now. Right? But if you join something because you truly believed in it and went with that thing and it blew up, one, you're going to reap the benefits of it because that in itself is going to be worth more than any Harvard MBA, any degree you could get. Like, if you were a part of Facebook when there was 20 employees, you're a billionaire right now. So, (laughs) what you're saying is, I'm going to use the same sports example. LeBron, you know, when he started in Cleveland and he couldn't get a championship, and then he left. And then they they went through those years of being, like, the worst team in the league, drafted Kyrie Irving, drafted all these people. Then LeBron went back. And got a championship. Do you think that's bad? That he came back when everything was already... When the foundation was already uh, there instead of... Basically, what I'm saying is, do you think it's... uh, What is he saying, bro? If LeBron would have had the championship (laughs) his first stint in Cleveland, right? Yeah. When he first got drafted and when he first went to the finals against San Antonio. If he would have won that championship... Do you think that's different than when the championship he that one championship he won with Cleveland, because he left and came back when the team was all he came back when they had Kyrie Irving already, what, like and Thompson and shit. So what what is what are you getting at? Right, we're talking about like I'm getting at what you just said. You said join Facebook when they first started is different that, that, between that's joining not Facebook a, now. What I'm saying is. Facebook is still Facebook. LeBron left, came back, and won a championship with Cleveland. It doesn't matter when he won a championship. The fact that he won a fucking championship. Cleveland is Cleveland. I mean, it's just not a good analogy. because It's, it's a perfect analogy. It's not because the thing is, it's not like... Yeah, you, can't, you can't compare sports that way to, to a business like Facebook. Like, my point about joining Facebook, if you were one of the, the first 20 employees there or employers there, like, bro, after that one, you're going to, first of all, any of the first 20 employers at, at Facebook are all probably billionaires. Or I know for a fact. I guarantee you the people who started Facebook don't even work at Facebook anymore because there's no way you can, you can, you can know that Facebook would be what it is now. I bet you everyone one, thought MySpace one, was going to be crazy. One, one, look what yeah. MySpace is now. No, you're one hundred. You're one hundred percent right. Those those motherfuckers who started Facebook probably moved on to other jobs like YouTube, fucking uh, uh, first like of other all, startups. Like a shit ton of them people take that knowledge and go work for startups. Exactly, and you have a lot of money, and you go invest in other startups and and create your own VC fund, like Chamath did. Who was someone that invested in my in the previous 
startup that I worked at, and he was one of the first 20 employees at, at uh, Facebook. He's a billionaire. That's my point, bro. My point is that is such a rarity. Like, yeah, anyone, like, I, I don't want to say anyone could go to Harvard. Like, that's still a very much an accomplishment, and it's tough to go to a school like that. But to, to be a part of Facebook's top 20 first employees or any other company that blows up to that stature it's such a rarity right like it, it's 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 it happens in one specific time frame and that's what i'm saying it's way more valuable than any degree any uh title at facebook at this point because it's something that could only happen in a specific time frame if you missed that train you missed it you got to go find the next one with the next tech company so do you have any well side note this is a perfect segue to if any of y'all want to invest in everyday celebrity media before it blows up holla at me but uh back to the shit do you have any uh <laughs> do you have any um companies that are on the on on your eye that you think are going to blow up that are not in the public eye yet? Um, like, ooh. or do you know? Like, like, not even companies like apps, or have you heard anything? Like, I mean, oh, so this, like, is, this is going to be big in a few years. People just don't know yet. Um, there's there's a lot, but I mean, specifically since I work in fintech, like. I would say, like, a company like mine, like, people might not understand it fully. But, like, these type of companies are going to blow up because it's just, like, so many different types of companies can utilize a card, right? Like, a debit or prepaid card with, like, spending controls on it, right? Yeah, but do you think do you think that's the future of, of currency? Or we're gonna I mean, there's, so there's a bunch of shit. Crypto. First it was cash. And then now, and then, and then it's credit cards, and now, and then we're moving toward like uh, digital currency, like yeah. Bitcoin. And yeah. then sooner or later, I think we're not even going to uh, need Bitcoin. It's going to be on some. We're going to move towards some other shit where you don't even have to use a fucking. Because I don't know if you know, there's a thing in Africa called. Uh, damn, I don't even know the name of this shit, but in Africa, everyone they don't they don't use cash or they don't they don't even use card. They use like some type of app where you can fucking and it's I forgot the name of it, but everyone in fucking Africa uses it. And the owner of that the owner of that company is a is like one of the richest people in the world. I mean, I, I don't know if I would frame it that way. I'm sure there might be a small demographic in Africa that uses that. I know for instance, there's still a lot of people I can tell you that there there's definitely some some issues in Africa with just the movement of money. But like there I know like for instance people like Akon and stuff are doing stuff with crypto. Jack Dorsey's been living in Africa for the past few months. He's doing some stuff with like blockchain and crypto. So you're going to definitely see some like uh advance, advancement in technology in, in like third world countries. And that, bro, that's going to be a game changer. That goes back to my whole point of the underbank stuff. You're just going to see people being able to get access to what me and you have. And unfortunately, not everyone gets that. So, you know, people like Akon and, you know, some of these other, I, those, these are more high profile people like Jack Dorsey. But like there, there's a lot of people doing this stuff and trying to really push this stuff forward. So, 
So do you think uh, in the future, what, we're going to move more, uh, cards are going to be non-existent? Definitely. I mean, we're going to get to a point where it's just like, I, I can already tell you, like, there's companies that, you, you, like, are tokenizing stuff into rings. So What's tokenization specifically means, like, for instance, if you have uh iPhone and you have, you know, one of those cards in your phone that's tokenized into your iPhone, right? So you can make a payment through your iPhone. You could tokenize uh, a card now into your iPhone. You can tokenize a card literally into a ring. You could tokenize a card into your Apple Watch, right? Mm -hmm. And you could just tap it. So that's what tokenization means. And yeah, man, we're, we're going to, to to that to that next level where plastic is probably not going to be relevant too far in the in the near future. So. Um, Definitely payments, bro. Like fintech is 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 a wave that is going to be interesting to to watch in the next twenty thirty years because the democratization of like um just financials in general, whether it's giving someone access to a bank or allowing someone to push money from Africa to to Japan. Um, all this stuff, bro, is, is something missing. And if you go back way back in the day, like if you think about how much being able to just just uh, send an email has streamlined business, right? Or like a call, like before that, like think about how people really used to push messages is literally through letters. How long does a letter take to get from Africa to Japan, right? Now you can go send an email and it literally takes less than a second so like you got to see that from the lens of like where else is that problem happening healthcare is another place right where you know, there's so many issues in healthcare and how it functions and hopefully you know startups get in there and kind of streamline that and democratize it so people get access to it without having so much frustration of uh just the the bureaucracy with within it mm. That might have been too deep for you. <laughs> First of all, if the tech world gets in it, I mean, healthcare is already. I have views on healthcare. Health, the health system in America, I think is here to keep you sick. It's Not, a business. Yeah, of course. And if everyone gets healthy, they're going to run out of business, right? Yeah, so but that's if why every, if, in order to keep the business going, we have to, people have to be sick. You have to be sick to order to buy these pills that we're making billions and billions of dollars on. You have to be sick in order to, to go to the doctor where we can uh, where we sell these uh, pharmaceuticals to these doctors. We're in cahoots under the table with these doctors to push these products. These doctors subscribe these medicines to these uh to these patients because they're working with the fucking pharmaceutical companies who give you these medicines and then the doctors are like oh we have all these medicines oh you have a cold low let's try out this new this new pill that i'm testing even though that the pill has nothing to do with you coughing and shit you know what i'm saying so so i think uh that whole healthcare system is fucked up because if everyone gets healthy like we're gonna the people is basically like you're running out of business, so you need sick people, or you could change your business model, 
right? That's the value of a tech company, bro. That's the value of the startup land. How can you change your business model in healthcare? Like, there's same way that Uber just flipped upside down the the business model of taxis. I I don't have the answer for it, but trust me, someone does, and it, it will eventually come come about, come arise. Yeah. There's a lot of money involved in this too, right? People that can fix these issues that again create unicorns, which means a billion dollar company. Yeah, you I mean you basically fucking you look at something and then you be like, Okay, well how can I do this better? I look at the iPhone. Companies look at the iPhone and be like, Okay, what is the iPhone what does it do exactly? Okay, how can we make a phone that does everything that the iPhone does, but a little bit better? That's what Samsung tries to do. Because if you notice, every time the iPhone comes out, Samsung comes out with their Galaxy right after the iPhone. Because they, li- they literally watch what the fucking Apple does with their iPhone. And see, okay, Apple has a fucking screen with no fucking... Uh, with these borders on it. Okay, let's come out with a screen with no borders. Oh, Apple has a, a fucking push uh push button. Let's come out with a with a phone that doesn't have a push button. Like so it's basically like U- Uber taxis, okay. How can someone get a car without fucking waiting on a curb for like 30 minutes? And then there's going to be a point where people look at Uber and be like, "Okay, how come how can we make it to where you don't have to fucking even call a car? You know what I'm saying? Amazon. How can we deliver shit faster? Now they're coming out with drones where you can like order something and then the next day. In some places, Amazon delivers the shit the same fucking day with a drone. So. Yeah, to my point, man. Eventually, someone's going to figure it out. There's a lot of money involved in it, and someone's going to fix it. Um, hopefully sooner than later. All right, well, uh, this is... This is the point where I uh, let my guests promote whatever the fuck they want to promote. So if you want to promote anything, your company, or if you want to fucking give a shout-out to whoever... Tell the people your Instagram, how they can follow you, uh, your social media. They want to get in contact with you about uh, anything about we, about what we talked about. Feel free to do that. This I mean, your little, your little five minutes. My little five minutes. I, I probably only need like twenty seconds, but uh, yeah. If, if anyone wants, feel free to follow me on Instagram. I think it's a uh, Hassam underscore. N a g h s h. No one knows how to spell Hassan, so spell the whole Instagram. H e s a m underscore n a g h s h. I forgot what my Twitter handle is. So if you really care, it's fucking. Actually, not. Nah, it's on my Instagram. It's on my Instagram. So just go look at my Instagram if you want to follow me on Twitter. Uh, and besides that, man. Listen to Jordan over here on uh, Everyday Celebrity. So, where can they reach you at uh, if they want to apply for the job? 
Um, well, they can holler at me uh, via Twitter or Instagram. Um, if you want to apply for a job, bro, like, what? You, someone wants to become a, a VP or CEO? I I ain't got like uh, that type of pull. <laughs> Obviously, they ain't go look at. They ain't go to. Fo- they ain't gonna come at you if they want to be a VP. I mean, yeah. At the end of the I'm day, just talking about if they want to be a salesperson in your company. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, if you want to specifically do that function within uh, my team, then yeah, reach out to me. And they reach out to you what Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter handles you on the have Instagram a email. Company email, bro. It's that shit is long, but if you want me to spell it out, it's a H N A G H S H B A. And I told you, N D I at marketer.com. Got every alphabet. I told you, man. I, look, man. Anyone who really wants to reach out to me, it'd probably be easier if you just reach out via Twitter, or Instagram. Um, yeah. So. All right. Who's gonna win the Super Bowl? Um, I'm gonna say Niners, man. All right. Man. Whatever. Uh, All right. What? Uh, All right. Anyway. Um. Oh, one last thing I need to say is, bro, you know damn well you trash at basketball, and I'm real nice, especially in the post. We know your jump shot is not nicer than mine. On defense, we know you can't guard me. Um, and I, when I play defense, I'm like, goddamn, we're on a test. So, real shit, man. Don't don't lie to, to the people that listen to, to your podcast. Um, the, the real reason why me and Jordan started hanging out was because he, he saw me on the court and he admired that. And I told I told my friend, I was like, yeah, bro, let's go to Starline. I'm going to show you around a little bit, show you around the city, show you how, uh, <laughs> you know, the big homie does. And, you know, I took my guy under my wing, so. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. You don't even believe that. That's why I'm not even going to respond. That's facts. That's not even going to respond. That shit was the smoothest shit that came out of my tongue. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, like you said, follow him on Instagram. Check him out. If you have any tech questions, holla at him. If you want a job, send your resume to him. Yeah. Be uh, qualified, too, man. I hate people that come to me. If, you, if you've been working at McDonald's for the last 10 years, bro, I'm, I probably can't help you get a job. But if, well, you, if, if you really... McDonald's is sales. Hey, man. It's called add-on sales. Look, Su- you want super-sized no, fries? No, yeah, I'll take that. No, you, you, you got to look at... call it add-on sale, man. You got to look at the qualifications, man. You got to look take at the qualifications. Take a chance on it. Like the motherfucker took a chance on you. I take you chances qualified. on people, but uh, you, you got to have some qualifications. So look at the qualifications. If you if you really think you are fit it, holla at me. I mean, well... What you could do is start at Everyday Celebrity Media. I'm taking applications for interns and shit. I need I need graphic designers. I need marketers. So, you know what I'm saying? If you want to grow with this company before it becomes a million-dollar company, holla at me. EverydayCelebrityMedia.com. Everyday Celebrity P.O. Instagram. My personal is Jordan Awandi on Instagram. Yeah. And, uh... Like I said, this is the number one podcast in the Bay Area. Soon to be the number one podcast overseas. Soon to be the number one podcast in the nation. And 
and thank you for listening to Everyday Celebrity episode. I think this is episode twelve, man. I don't even know, but you know what I'm saying yeah. we up there, we up there, we we dropping these left and right, and uh, I'm out. You. Uh.